0: Up my, get up my soul. I don't want to be shy. I don't want to be intimidated. I don't want to be worried about what's happening around me. I've got God on the inside of me. i got God fighting my battles. i got God with me. And if He's with me, who can be against me? What can come against me that He cannot overcome? Amen. How are we doing today? We good? Good. Turn to your neighbor and tell them they look good in church today. If you're married, you're just complimenting. If you're single, you're flirting. Thank you, worship team. Awesome. Hey, uh, we've been preaching through the Bible this year, but then last week on our birthday—thirteen years and forever to go. Uh, in fact, if you were not here last week, you have to listen to that message. I, I think it is it is it's a principal message for us as a church. It's a priority message. Uh, God really did something in me in preparation for that that's even lingering into this weekend and into next where uh, it's like a rekindling, a restarting, a refiring on all cylinders of what our church was about and what God did in the early days. And we're believing that he's going to do it not only in these days, but in a greater way than we've ever seen before. Uh, The heart of God for people and the church's part to play in fulfilling God's purpose. This is heaven and hell kind of stuff. This is eternal connection. This is the grace of God. This is repentance and life change. This is salvation season. And we as the people of God get this privilege, opportunity. You could even say, as you read the scripture, obligation to make much of Jesus, much of what he's done in us, little of ourselves and much of God. Like Liz already said, we say the people are the promised land. We don't just try to get into everything God has for us. We want to get in on what God is doing through us to the world around us in Kansas City and beyond. Amen? Amen. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you can to Luke chapter 15. And as you're turning or scrolling, um, we'll pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for those watching, those in the room, those that have been here for 13 years, those that are coming for the first time next week and those that are here for the first time today, nothing of it is by accident we thank you, but even by your divine providence, there's people here that need your help, people here that need the grace of God, all of us need the grace of God, but need to experience it for the very first time so God, I thank you to every heart whether they are part of the faithful church family, whether they've been brought by a friend, they're a guest today, Lord, I thank you that they, they're in in for something so much more, you have something in store for them, you want to speak to their heart, you want to help them you want to mature all of us on this mission of Jesus this future that you have right in front of us God I thank you that you are so good and you're up to good things in every life I do pray and believe there are answered prayers in the room I do pray and believe there's changed hearts in the room I do believe right now that you're doing something significant in this season that we'll look back at and say that was the beginning of a revival in my life that was the beginning of a revival in our church that was the beginning of something that impacted the entire city you change the whole city would you just change us so we come to you humbly and hungry in jesus name can i get a loud 11 a.m amen Amen. that is what i'm talking about we're on our way to a good day in church luke chapter 15 is so interesting because jesus is being accused accused of being uh watered down accused of being maybe corrupted And he has a response to the religious elite. He doesn't uh, attack him in the moment. He doesn't push back. He tells these stories, these parables. He tells three of them. And they're all three thematically the same, but they're all a little bit different. They talk about something that is lost that is of great value. talks about a pursuit and and, and a desire to see it returned back, to be in the right place. talks about a celebration. That when this significant salvation, this, this return, this, this breakthrough happens, that you get everybody together and you, and you celebrate what God is doing. Now, last week we talked about this, this lost sheep. That there's 99, and thank God for the 99. But the heart of the shepherd, the heart of the father, Jesus is saying, hey, the heart of the church should always be on this mission, this look like, out for, not what can I get more for me, but what is lost around me. To not settle for a 99 but to go after the one. are All important, of course, extremely important. But there's just a priority on the one that isn't back yet. And we hear this three times, this heart of God, this heart of Jesus, reaching, rescuing, restoring, restoring people. And all of them matter, but the lost one matters significantly in the moment. Why? Because there's an urgency created by absence. How many of you felt something that's been absent in your life that used to be there, and you just feel like, I got to get it back. For some of you, that's a, maybe that's a passion for God. For some of you, maybe that's peace of mind today. That you, you feel this urgency because there's an absence there. And what we're hearing is the heart, really, of the gospel, what drives us for what we do. Why we live. Why does God have us alive on the earth and gathered together as a family of faith? It's to be on the lookout for those that are lost. Because Jesus is about people and so should his church be. Why? Jesus even says it a few chapters later in Luke 19. He says, if you want to know what I'm about, I'm not going to hide it from you. I'm going to tell you really plainly. Let me give you, Jesus says, let me give you my mission statement. Let me give you the reason why I am here. I have come to seek and save those that are lost. I don't just save them from the cross. I'm seeking after them. And so here we are 2,000 plus years later. The Bible, our, our New Testament, will call you and me here in this room the people that belong to this family of faith, they say, we're like, we're the body of Christ. We're the representation of Jesus on the earth. We get to do what Jesus came to do. We seek and save the lost. The context of this conversation is interesting. Like I said before, Jesus is kind of speaking back to those that are speaking bad about him. In Luke 15, the first few verses, it says, Jesus is with the tax collectors and the notorious sinners The notorious S-I-N, the notorious sinners, they often came to listen to Jesus teach. Isn't that interesting? That those that were maybe not living right, doing right, in fact, they they were the notorious ones, actually wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. This made the Pharisees and the scribes, or the teachers of the religious law, complain. They begin to whine. Why is he associating with such sinful people, even (gasps) eating with them, sharing a meal with them. And Jesus doesn't fire back. He tells a few stories. That fires back a little bit in chapter 16. He says, all you guys really care about is themselves. All you really care about is power, prestige, and money. All you're really after is fame for yourself. But Jesus, who is the famous one, that by him and through him all things were created, that nothing exists apart from Him, who is the glory of heaven here in the grind of earth. He says, "This isn't about like myself. I'm on a mission here. This isn't about just what God's glorifying me." Jesus says, "No, I'm here to go after what God wants. I'm here to seek and save the lost." And First John it, it says, "As He is, as Jesus is, so so are we in this world." It's a plural. That if we're seated with Him in heavenly places, then we're established here. In other words, if our hearts are right there, then our hands are at work here. That we're actually about our Father's business. We care about what God cares about. I want to speak about the second parable today we'll read in just a moment. And I want to talk about a treasure hunt. How how, How many would like to find some treasure in your life? Come on, how many are trying to get that Powerball? It's going to be up a billion here in a moment. Like, come on, that that would be a treasure if you got that. And what we find is what we hunt after, what we're hungry for, what we're after, uh, is really because it's what our heart desires. Yeah. And I'm praying for our church. And I'm praying for you. Because some of you here came here today to hear something you've never heard before. And I don't think anything I'm going to say uh, is going to scratch that itch. Jesus warns against those that just want teaching. And Apostle Paul says the same, just to scratch an itchy ear. I would say that if you have a humble heart to hear, even if you've been in the Word of God and been a part of a church for a long time, that you can actually hear what heaven wants to say to your heart today, because what you love shapes your life, and would your hands line up with what your heart would say that you are about? Growing up, I was kind of fascinated with like treasure maps. Uh, My mom, my parents, I know they're watching right now. Mom, dad, I love you. My mom would draw like little treasure. She still does it with the grandkids from time to time. And we go on a little adventure. And you're always trying to find the X that marks the spot. You're always trying to find that place where you could dig in to where the treasure is. And some of you, you like to dig in deep to the word of God. And I love that. I I desire that. I'm getting even more uh, theological education than I've ever gotten before. And and I'm loving all the things that I am learning. But if I didn't apply the things that I know, i become just like the Pharisee and the scribe, where I can know more than I actually do. I like treasure maps growing up. I think there's just a little pirate inside of me. Arr. In fact, the other day, I was watching with my kids. Uh, we were watching a YouTube, kind of an influencer. Uh, and I have some thoughts about those people from time to time. Uh, but I was watching it with them. And he's like, hey, I bought this $400 um, you know, metal detector. And I'm going to see how much treasure I can get. Can I make my400 dollars back?" And he's searching through the, the, the sand, and it beeps and, it, and he digs in, He's like, "Oh, there's some treasure here. Let's get it. It's like a double a battery. <laughs> and then he's, he's digging again, oh, this, this is a good one. I, I'm digging. It. Oh, it's a little deeper. It must be big." And it was like half of a broken like sunglass. It was like a monocle version of a sunglass. And then he gets one. He's like, "Oh, I'm getting a high reading here. This is it. Is it a gold watch? Is it a wedding ring? There's a diamond in there. He digs in. It's a tin can. And he's like, oh, man, that's disappointing. But smash that subscribe button. And I'm like, I want to smash you. And I realize he's not making any money on this on this treasure hunt. But he's making all the money on us watching him do this, this treasure hunt. But I... we see a treasure hunt here in Luke 15. And it's not out on the beach, and it's not out distant lands, it's not on a pirate ship, it's in a house. It's in a home. That there's something of significance that had been lost that warrants an all-out search. Luke 15, verse 8, Jesus says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, She will call her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me, for I have found my lost coin. And the angels will. The same way he says there's joy in the presence of God and the angels. When even one one thing of value, one sinner returns and repents, comes back home. What does this teach us? It teaches us, like we learned last week, that 99 ain't bad, but God wants one. This teaches us that 90% is pretty good, but not enough for God. That we have to have that same heart mentality on the mission of Jesus that this woman shows. That she's willing to maybe even tear the house apart to find that thing of real value. Everyone has the same value, but if they are lost, they need a search. There's someone or, or the Spirit of God through the people of God needs to be on the lookout for what God desires and God, what God wants back. The first thing he says, won't won't she just, if she's losing it, won't she just light light up a lamp? And so what do we do? If we're going to be the people that are treasure hunting for the things that God values, uh, we need to learn how to light it up a little bit. Like, isn't that what the church is? Isn't that what Jesus says? Hey, you, you're like a city on a hill. You're a beacon that, that, that those that don't know how to get back home can see what's illuminated in your life can see the spirit that you carry, can see your heart for people, and they can find their place to where they're trying to go. They can get to the destination that God designed. You're like a light, he says, a lamp. You put it on a lampstand, you don't hide it. You don't tuck it away. That's not its job. Don't you put it on a stand? Don't you put it on display? Because it can give light to the whole house. The first thing you would do if you lost something of significance is you would turn on every light. You would light up the room the best that you could. You would grab a flashlight. You would use your phone light. You would, you would do whatever you can to bring illumination. Why? It's hard to find things in the dark. It's hard to find things in the dark. And Jesus is looking for a church, not just me on the platform. And I know I light up because I'm very pale and these lights are bright. Jesus is looking for a church that knows how to flip the switch in the on position. That even though we might be battling through some, some, some struggles, some barriers, some hurts, some heartaches, we've got a living hope. We've got a lasting forever solution. We've got God on the inside and we do not hide that away. We let it illuminate our lives. We let it illuminate our church. We want the grace of God to resonate to the world the world around us. A prayer for us this week. I've been praying. I almost went a different direction because as I've been preaching in the Bible, we're in such good pastoral epistles and we're in such good stuff. The book of Isaiah, there's so much there that I want to teach you, but I really feel like God says if we miss this heartbeat of heaven, then we're going to miss the whole reason why we exist. For some of you who are wanting like a breakthrough in your life, if you would go back to the basics of the what we're called to do as believers to the world around us, I think the breakthrough is is not some miracle that you find in the book of the or the word of God, but it's getting on the mission of Jesus at a new level. Watch and see what God does through your life because there's people around us, all around us, wandering in darkness all the time, and they don't know that they are lost, but they cannot be reached if we don't see them. I think the lamp in the Bible, there, there's a lot of, Correlation and connection between the, the Holy Spirit and the Lamb. And I think if you want to be a person that illuminates for the mission of Jesus, really to fulfill your calling, your specific calling is going to look a whole lot different than the person in next to you. But our, our, our entire calling as a church is that we would be able to, at the end of our life, that we'll be able to say before Jesus, we said yes to what is most significant to you to seek and save loss. And in order for us to to be able to fulfill that, we gotta flip the light switch on. And for some of you, you need to turn it on again. We need the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Because intimacy with God will always bring illumination in your life. It'll always bring clarification in your life. And we might need to just lighten up a little bit. And maybe just lighten up like, yes, I know what you are facing is severe. Trust me, there's not a person in this room that knows all the pain points of everyone other than God. But if there is someone that knows what more people are struggling with than anyone else, it's me. I hear what you're going through. Us as a staff, we pray over it all the time. We got back those revival cards last week of what you were believing and contending for. Where do you need resurrection in your life? I know the suffering that goes on in this room, and it is significant. But I would just say if you can get more connected to the heartbeat of God, some of the pain points and problems will not be, they'll pale in comparison as you make progress in living a life that matters for the mission of Jesus. So maybe even though we might be hurting on some place, we can lighten up a little bit. Because why? We've got God on our side. Why can we lighten up a little bit? We've got the grace of God. We have a promise of his word. We know that he is not done with us yet. And so while we're wondering where the breakthrough might happen, maybe we could just go ahead and be the breakthrough for somebody else. In your treasure hunt, you do not need to get out of your normal routine. You just need to flip the switch. You just need to turn the light on. You need to keep it in the on position. Uh, years ago, I was on a really early flight, and as I was walking in, um, I was walking past the, uh, the, the first class seats, and I was looking, and there was Deion Sanders. Come on, if you're a 90s kid like me. I know he's, he's lighting up the world right now. Again, Colorado is having a revival. I love that he has JC on his hoodie it's not you know nobody's hc for heads coach for him it's jesus christ i love that and i just simply nodded at him And he had his glasses on it's like 7 a.m he's got the shades on they don't come off and i said mr prime and he gave me a little chin check and i had made it i felt a bond there he's a defensive back i was a defensive back he's a hall of famer i was a defensive back But I love it. I don't even fully know what it means. But on his hoodie that he wears, it says, ain't hard to find. Ain't hard to find. Do you know if you're really looking to make a difference, ain't hard to find. It isn't all that difficult. There's problems everywhere. Occasionally, in fact, I did it this week. I would drive down some of the most hurting places of our city and, and pray. And a couple of weeks from now, about a, about a month, and a, uh, about five weeks from now, I'm going to share with you some opportunities God's going to do, uh, what we're going to get to do as a church family. But we, I drive down, because it's just nice to get connected with people that don't have a nice life. It's just good sometimes to be around like places of severe brokenness and generational problems. But you don't have to go looking very far. It ain't hard to find. It's everywhere you go where people don't know or serve Jesus, there's problems there. There's pain there. And if we would just flip the light to the, to the on position, you will start seeing it everywhere you go. He says, won't she put a lamp on? Won't she turn a light on? Also says in Luke 15, won't she what? Sweep the entire house. Search carefully until she finds it. So we're gonna, we're gonna flip that light switch on and then we're gonna start sweeping it up. It's not enough just to say, oh, look, there's a problem. No, we're going to start helping look for a solution. We're not going to say, oh, there's a lot of hurting people out there. No, we're going to start looking and sweeping every crevice we can to find people. Why? Because they are valuable to God. I've got nine, but that one is what God wants me to go get. 90% is not enough for, for God. We put some effort and engagement into what matters most to the heart of the father. In our house, Liz will laugh because I'm kind of notorious for losing my wallet. She's laughing and also shaking her head. Cause she knows. I lose my wallet about twice a week. And what happens is, and I think every man understands this, it like literally just moved a few feet off the two or three places where I normally put it. And yet I look at it like a man looks for things. Women, don't click your tongue, don't roll your eyes, we don't need it, okay? This is a safe place for us, to be honest, with our failures. I look at it man style. I carouse, I browse, and I don't see it. And so what do I do? I go to the other places where sometimes it is. I don't see it. Now I'm getting a little nervous. Because what, there's some value there. I know I can cancel debit cards and all that, but what's really valuable is that driver's license. Why? because I don't want to go back to the DMV, because I want to bring heaven to earth, not live hell on earth, okay? <laughs> That's the real reason I get nervous. And about the second wave through, I look a little bit more. About the third time through, I am praying and bringing angels. Will you bring it to me in Jesus' name? Like you caused the axe head to float in the Old Testament. Would you bring the wallet? And Liz will take about 17 seconds and find it, because it fell off the shelf and is in one of my shoes. But everyone knows that first wave, second wave, third wave, you dig a little deeper. You, you, you look a, a, a little more. The first sweep through, in fact, I got some props here today. David, David, can you help me out here? Come on, David, pray for David. He's a, he's a Bears fan. He had a tough week last week. <laughs> he's had a tough life. And the first wave through, um, for many of us as believers here, uh, we, we'll just do the easiest thing possible. We'll we'll just, just, I just want to push a button. I just want to push, brother. good to see you, buddy. Good to have you here. There's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) What we'd like to do is make something, um, let someone else do the hard work. Like, I didn't design this. I couldn't design this. I can buy that, I can charge that, and I can push that button, but someone who is mechanically gifted, electrically gifted, they, they put it all together. All I want to do is push a button. By the way, if you have a house that you clean with that, you are either not very tidy or you have a really big house. But we just do the, the, the first thing. In other words, I just want it as convenient as possible. I want to stay as far away as I can. Uh, for some of you, that means I'll, I'll let the church do it. But you don't realize, friend, you are the church. I'm going to let uh, PK and, and, and Pastor, I'm going to let Liz and Kyle do it. I'm going to let the staff do it. I'm like that one girl that like really sings loud at church, super saved Susan, you know, (laughs) that guy with like the big Bible Bob. I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him handle it because that's like his thing. He's really fired up for Jesus. I'm going to let them handle it. I just want, I want convenience. I want to just take a a brush spot. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a big deal. I'll click a button. I'll give a little. I might show up to serve every once in a while, but I don't really carry the weight of it. I want it done as quickly and easily as, as possible. And yeah, we're going to do the work. We're going to serve our city. We're going to always contend for what God has for Kansas City and beyond. But I can't reach the people in your circle. Why? They're in your circle. And if it's in your circle, it's your responsibility you got to have the light on. You might be willing to just not push a button and, and mechanically mail it in. You might need to actually get in the middle get in the middle of that mess. Second thing we could do is we could maybe go partially in. We can get the broom out, and we can push a broom. I remember I think I was fourth or fifth grade. My dad had me sweep the garage, and I, he came back out and said, Son, uh, forgive me. I never taught you how to sweep. I was just dusting things from one side to the other. And then he taught me how to sweep. And I'll tell you, I can sweep. I can sweep on the down low. No one else even has to know. I can give it that TLC, tender loving care. But you can kind of do this easy. And you know what? You get to kind of stay away again. It's like, yeah, I'll just kind of give it a look. I'll kind of clean it up the best I can. That's one level of convenience. You know, I got one hand. I got one hand in. But there's another sweep through. The more precious the treasure, the closer you're gonna get. The more significant it is to you, the more you're gonna not miss an opportunity. You're gonna look, I don't know what a nook or a cranny is, but I know you'll go into all that. And so we got another level to this. There's levels to this thing. I'm gonna get out the brush and I can't operate this from a distance. It won't work. I gotta get in a posture in a place of a servant. I gotta get down and I gotta get my scrub on. I gotta get I gotta get my hands there. This ain't. This doesn't feel natural. This isn't convenient to me. This is humbling. This. Uh, but 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 my heart says there's more value here. I, I know there's more treasure treasure for me, so I'm willing to get as low as I can possibly go. When when there's a glass that breaks in my home, thank you, David which is uh, quite often. That's why we can't have nice things. Um, those, my kids' feet matter to me, right? I don't want cuts and hurts. If there's glass, I, I'll pick that up by hand. I'll run the vacuum, sure, but I'm going to get down. I'm going to make sure. I got a little three-year-old running around barefoot. I'm not ma- I, 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 it's precious. She's precious to me. So I will get Sherlock Holmes on that rug. I'm down there with the magnifying glass. Why? Their safety and security matters matters to me as a father your heavenly father is looking over all of humanity he's looking over your neighborhood he's looking over your workplace. He's looking over your own family of origin and he says no i wish someone would care for them like i care for them i'm the one who got my hands involved i got one got my hands pierced on the cross i just wish there'd be people that wouldn't just try to push a button and mail it in that wouldn't just love people from a distant when it was convenient but be willing to carry that same spirit of jesus the spirit of the servant and get down in that low place of humility, maybe it's a sacrificial word you speak, but you need to sever that fear of man that's been choking out your God calling. Maybe it's a sacrificial give that you, gift that you give, it costs you more than just convenience and the push of a button, but it comes from that posture and that humility, the humility of a servant. If you're really missing something of value, you will look in places you haven't been in a while. You might not like all the things that you see. Sometimes when we're looking for things that are lost, we create more of a mess. Oh, I pray that we stay a messy church. I pray that you would still be a messy believer that doesn't like things as clean for yourself, but you're willing because you carry the spirit of a servant to get down into places you haven't been in a while. Oh, Kyle, I don't really feel like that's my calling. Apostle Paul says wrong. He says wrong. Do the work of the evangelist. You might not have the spiritual gifting of evangelism, but we all do the work of the evangelist. And it takes, it takes work. There's level to this. And I just ask you, how low are you willing to go? Depends on how bad you want it. Depends on, listen, how bad do you need it? And I don't even think we need to answer that question for ourselves. We should go to the one who's given us everything and says, God, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want that person, God? How bad do you need it? You say it's ninety-nine to one, it's ninety to one. That that one is so significant. That that lostness we can learn from it. It's like what the heart of the Father is is after. If God wants it, we want it. If God needs it, we want to give it to Him. If God, who's given me everything, who gave me the breath in my lungs that I am preaching this message from, He's saying I desire those far from me. I need the lights on and I need the servants sweeping. I need people that are looking for lost sheep and sweeping for silver and bringing back lost sons. If that's what God is after, that's what I'm going after. Church, if we could just catch a hold of a fraction of the spirit of our father, we would see radical life change all around us. And you would know that you were living in the purpose and the place of your calling. Because all of us are called to do what Jesus has done. We have a hands-in-the-dust Savior. Do you remember that story? I mean, you weren't there. If you were, we'll invite you to a different service at a different church. But remember when the woman was caught in adultery? Was brought before him? It was a trap they were setting up, and they used this girl. Yeah, she made some mistakes. But, man, Jesus knew every single person in that circle made a mistake, too. Every single Pharisee was guilty of their own sins against God, but they got this one. And she's down in that place of shame and brokenness and humiliation. Everybody's looking, and she's a spectacle in her sin. And what does Jesus do? He gets down on her level. We don't know what he writes in the dust that sends the Pharisees away. We just know that he's willing not to stay in the place of heaven, but get down in the place of heartache and to bring hope and to help to the one where she needs it the most. We have a hands-in-the-dust Savior. Let us be a hands-in-the-dust church. Jesus says, won't she? Won't she put the light on? Won't she sweep the house? And I think we have to answer, will we? Is this something that is beneath me? If serving lost people is beneath you, then the kingdom of heaven is beyond you. The best of God is beyond you. I cannot teach you and educate you enough in the deep truths of God's word to set you free to the life of significance you were meant to live. If you are not willing to hunger for what God hungers at, if you're not willing to be on the lookout for what God's eyes are looking at, if your heart doesn't beat for, heart, heart doesn't beat for what heaven's heart is beating after. So what do we do? As we flip the light switch on and we start sweeping, we need to, what, we need to step it up a level, or maybe it is step it down a level. We maybe need to, to to engage at a deeper deeper level, and the more listen the more you are hands on to help and what is on the father's heart and what he's focused on and finding in his house in his place, the more you'll see the father's hand and the father's heart help you in your own house and it's interesting that the coin isn't that lost in a ditch it's in the house it's in it's right here spiritually speaking that the, the the New Testament calls this place, it's like a home. It's, it's in the house already. What God's looking at, he's wanting to activate and find and rescue and redeem what's already already here. It's in the house, but it can't be counted in the collection. But if you read some theologians and biblical historians, they talk about that maybe this was, a, a, for this woman, it was a, a coin that was in a set of ten coins. That, that by losing one, everything was losing its value. They all had the same value, but together they had the, that was what was meant to, they were meant to be together to fulfill their purpose. The 10 coins they would say that that a woman that was promised in marriage, she was engaged. That the groom would get, it's like a dowry, would give her these 10 silver coins and she would sew it into a scarf or she would sew it into a veil that she would wear to the rest of the world to let him know, hey, I've been promised to my groom. I've been promised for a forever covenant relationship. And my man ain't here right now, but look at this. He is coming back for for me. And so if she lost one, it shows that she did not value that covenant. She didn't value that connection. She didn't value that, that groom. That's why she's on the hunt. That's why she's on the search. The promise is hers, even though the groom is gone. And I know some of you didn't grow up in church, and so you might not get this connection. But the Bible says we, the church, are like a bride, and Jesus is the groom. And he says one day he's coming back for this forever covenant connection. and We just have the beginning promise of this is our salvation. This is our faith. This is the grace of God. And we need to value what he values so that we can be the kind of church that when he comes back, he's like, that's what I've been looking for, to look after this covenant calling because we are the people that believe in the forever. We are the people that believe that we have the answer about the eternal, that it says in the book of Ecclesiastes is on the inside of every man and woman, and they have this need and this longing and this desire to be fulfilled, and yet we're the ones that have that fix to the hurt, the heartache, the absence in their hearts. So what do we do? We need to get in, and we need to step in. We need to join in the search on what God is doing and what is the priority place and position of his church here on the earth. Next week, we take our next steps after church to another level. It's not enough just to come and to sit in church. Listen, some of you, you say, this is my church, but you're not in part in participation. It's a step in season. After service of each service, after nine, after 11, we're going to be leading people to what it really means to not just be a spectator and consumer, but to be a part of the family and be a contributor here. And we do not need that. We serve church without you, and we did pretty well, but we're better with you. Because if we're a body fitly joined together, the Bible says that we all have a part to play, and every part is significant. Now, my hand could still function without this finger, but it won't be as good. It won't be as effective. It won't be able to reach as much. But I'm going to be all right. But that finger is not connected to the life source of the body, not connected to the blood. It will die. And this is for every orphan believer out there that doesn't have their place and opportunity in the family of God. I am not saying you have to serve every week. I am not saying you have to give all the time, everything you've got. No, I am saying there's a part for every one of us to play. And if we do not step in, we will not see the season that God has for us and seize the opportunity and the significance of what God desires to do in our church and what God desires to do in your life. The value is in the house, but it's, it's been misplaced. Maybe you're a lost coin even in here because you have a talent, a gifting. You've got a heart, dream, God, dream, desire. You've got a grace on your life, a gift, charis, the, the Greek word, you're gifted in your life. And then we bring these gifts together and they operate in humility and they have the spirit of a servant. Friends, that is a precursor of a revival that's going to break out. It is search season, it is hunting season. It is find the treasures of heaven here on the earth season. On November 12th, I have a Vision Sunday for us. Why would you do a Vision Sunday in November? It's not the beginning of the year. No, we're going to talk about everything we're going to do next year, and we're going to early start. We have four initiatives that I'm not going to tell you today, but I will tell you on that day, and you do not want to miss it. It is the most significant season of our church history. Every opportunity, I believe, you're going to be so excited about every single one, but at least one of those is going to resonate it's like that that's my place that's my part and we all have a part to play and I'm going to invite you in to get your lights on again some of you used to be so passionate about the lost and you've lost it we're getting it back some of you used to be so hands on on your knees not just mailing it in pushing a button pushing a broom no you used to be down and ready to serve it's time to carry the posture of a servant. God will serve those and serve others. And for some of you, it is a step-in season. I say for every one of us, it is. I tell you, where our world is going, you think we've had a rough year? Wait, next year's an election year. You think there's division in our nation right now? Wait till next year. And guess what we're gonna do in November 12th? We're gonna get ready. We're getting ready for the greatest revival I think we've seen in 100 years in our nation. I believe we're right on the precipice of it. Because why? It feels like days are getting darker and darker. I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually feels like everyone is at each other but look around our church right now look around the room does it not look like the city do you see people you didn't grow up with you didn't go to school with people didn't maybe grow up thinking like you acting like you they don't look like you what god has been bringing together piece by piece in this place is for something bigger than this place. It's something for what God has been wanting to do for generations and generations. I'm not just saying about our church. I'm saying about every Jesus-centered gospel declaring people loving church in our city. There's about ready to be something that happens in this space that you want to get in on now. So what can you do? Next week, I'm bringing an evangelistic sermon. I'll be honest. I think it will challenge you. I think it will speak to you. But we're going to win the loss next week. I'm telling you right now, I'm bringing people to church bringing people to church do i need more people to preach to and feel better about myself no heaven demands that we search that there's a treasure hunter if god says that's treasure then i want what he has i want what he's after on the 12th it's a thursday night i know the chiefs play it's the broncos that's a dub don't even worry about it (laughs) easy money right there we're gathering in this place i believe what's on chris and nick cain's heart when it comes to setting the captives free, what they do through 821. But I believe what God's gonna do in this space is gonna to reverberate to bigger than this space. And you've got a hurting person in your life. They need to be in the house. And we're gonna bring them in together. And we're gonna see what God is doing. Because there's treasure to be found all over our city. There's treasure to be found in your neighborhood. There's treasure to be found in your own family. There's broken hearts waiting for healing, wanting to meet the healer. There's lost souls waiting for hope. And God says they're significant. That's the treasure I am after. Maybe you're the coin here. I'm not just talking about your value or your gifting. It's crazy, the coin was lost in the house. So it wasn't stolen, it was lost. Maybe you lost your way. Maybe you used to have a, felt the worth, loved the work of God at work in your world. Because you can be spiritually lost and still physically at home in church and still be losing. Your value hasn't changed, but something is missing in what you value. Maybe you're close to God in proximity because you came to church today, but you're far from Him relationally. I got great news for you today. God sent a search and rescue mission for you. Even today, this service is for you. It's for you to reclaim your value, reclaim your space, get back in the collection. Get back to your worth. Get back to your first love. Get back to him. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus Day. Is a come back to Jesus day for you. Maybe everything we did today, God designed intentionally just for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe that's you online. Maybe that's you at Lansing. Maybe that's you on the first row, on the last row, every row in between. You've lost your way. Maybe you feel like life or someone you love carelessly dropped you and you got neglected. Maybe it's just broken situations and scenarios that you feel like, I've lost in life. And maybe it's a bit of frustration, animosity, or even anger towards God. A friend, i am telling you, you can dispel that right now. You cannot be angry with someone that loves you with an everlasting love. You need to receive that love again. Oh, for you, you. ever said its you've been lost your whole life even if you've been in church today is the day you find your true worth that jesus paid his price of his life to buy you to redeem you to find you in just a moment we're going to pray a prayer this is the treasure hunt that god is doing in your heart and your soul right now we're going to pray a prayer that says hey x marks the spot right here i'm here god Be found by you, God. I don't want to go through this next season still lost, stuck somewhere. You're not neglected. You're not overlooked. God came for you today. This has been a treasure hunt two thousand years in the making. He's been desiring you. Well, yeah, but they got it all. This and you know, that one coin loss is the one of most value of pursuit. He's pursuing you now. No one looking around. We're gonna pray a prayer. It's all big that's you and he says hey I need to be found the moment you raise your hand and surrender I believe God's grace meets you right where you're at is that you is that you do you feel lost feel like you've lost worth lost your way maybe lost in life and never said yes to Jesus I'll tell you the lights are on the hunt is on he stepped up on the cross and he's stepping into your life right now you need Jesus if you just lift your hand. You need to find that, him again. Lift your hand. I see one up. anyone else to say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anyone else? Maybe that's you online. Let us know. Nine people that I can see There's some that I can't. All of you matter. All of you are the one Jesus is after. It's a privilege to pray this prayer with you. You can put your hands down and we can stand up on our feet. Might don't we all stand on our feet? Everybody whole family did not mean to trick you there remember she says uh, it says about her it says about the shepherd as well and we'll see it next week with the father and Then when the lost come home there's a celebration before we even pray can we just thank god for what we listen to, what we get the privilege to participate in what we get the honor in this house to be a part of the eternal things that we get to give to and serve towards and pray towards. Can we just lift up some praise to heaven? Because lost sons and daughters are back home. They're going to find their worth. They've got a family of faith and they've got a future in Christ. Say this prayer loud and proud. Every one of us say, thank you, God, for not quitting on me. On I, you. Might have quit on you, I might have quit on you, but you came to my rescue. You went after me. Your grace was on the hunt for me. Your grace was I'm, right here. I'm right here. You can find me, you can find just, me. As I am. just as I am, but change me. But change Make me who you've called I turn me to be. I turn from my old ways. I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner who, needs a who needs a Savior, and I found him. And I His, name him. Is Jesus. His name is I Jesus. I am forgiven. Amen. I am set free. I am set free. My future's in front of me. My future. In, front of in me. Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's call a celebration party in the house. If heaven celebrates, this house celebrates. Amen.